Welcome to the Perchy Podcast with Magnus Basharat. An Easy Passage by Julia Copus. An Easy Passage is an ironic title. On one level, the passage described is an escape from home, made by a young girl who jumps down from her precarious position in which she finds herself, crouching on the top of the porch over her front door. As we read in the final line, dropping gracefully into the shade of the house. The poem is full of description and explanation of how difficult rather than easy this passage is. On another level, the passage described is the journey from young adolescence to early adulthood, from girlhood to womanhood, even a sexual awakening, as the subject of the poem meets the friend with whom she is half in love. There is symbolism in the girl leaving the family home behind and doing something which she had been prevented from doing. It's worth thinking a little about why the girl feels she must escape from her own home. Midway through the poem, we read about the mother who does not trust her daughter with a key. So the girl is locked in her own house, and the only way of getting out doesn't seem to be through a window downstairs, but from the first floor, introducing an element of physical threat and danger. Perhaps her mother doesn't trust her with a key because she keeps on losing keys which she has been given. Or perhaps she is not trusted to behave responsibly if allowed out of the home, so she is locked inside. Whatever the cause, the tension between imprisonment and freedom between inside and outside, being alone or being with someone whose company is desired, runs throughout the poem. The poem opens with the girl already crouched on top of the porch, so her motivation to be there and the process leading up to it are unreported. Being dressed only in a bikini to make her escape creates a sense of vulnerability and exposure. She is physically exposed on the porch, and her body is exposed. Crouched suggests that she is about to leap, but also trying to make herself small to escape detection. The word trembling is isolated by two commas, which suggests excitement, but also fear. There is an absence of punctuation at the end of most of the lines in the poem. We get the impression that one line falls quickly into the next, as the girl might fall, and it keeps what action there is, which is minimal, urgent and anticipated. Narrow windowsill and sharp drop again accentuate the girl's vulnerability due to the imminent physical danger she is in, but also shows her motivation to overcome these obstacles in order to escape. Repetition of she must evokes her determination not to slip and keeping her mind on the friend with whom she is half in love. It's her motivation to escape the house. Half in love might seem a little more equivocal than in love. But it suggests a confusion of feelings, very realistic of the girl's young age when she feels drawn emotionally very powerfully to someone but perhaps doesn't yet have the psychological vocabulary to understand or express how she feels. The blonde gravel gives us the impression of a hot summer's day with strong sunlight 
almost bleaching the mixed grey and brown stones of the gravel. Somewhere beneath her again draws our attention to the leap of faith that she is about to undergo. She can't see her friend, but she will jump regardless. Usually, of course, we would describe someone's hair as blonde. So using this adjective to describe something inanimate like gravel is an example of a transferred epithet and makes the description vivid and original. The fact of the open window is then introduced as a hard reality that needs to be overcome if she is to escape. Until line 13 in the poem, there are no full stops, so the action and thought feel fluid and continuous. Reach is left hanging at the end of line 11 with the open space of the page following it, recreating the space that the girl reaches into to find the flimsy lever. The warm flank of the house is again an unusual and arresting description, with flank more usually used to describe a horse. But as the house has stood in the sun, the bricks have heated up, and they radiate warmth as the girl leans into the house. In the next section of the poem, the girl gets ready to jump. She is still crouching, which accentuates the feeling of expectation and pent-up energy, and the grains of asphalt are described as a square of petrified beach. This metaphor relates back to the blonde gravel and the bikini the girl is wearing. If something is literally petrified, then it has been turned to stone. This comes from the Latin word petra that means rock. So the sand that we would normally expect on a beach has been turned to stone and been stuck to the asphalt roofing of the porch. But petrified can also have its more colloquial meaning here of being scared as the girl is fearful of the jump she must make. There is a change of direction and tone to the poem after the dash which is almost in the midpoint of the poem. Rather than describe the girl's thoughts and actions, the poem becomes more philosophical and questioning. It circles back to the main theme of the title, that not-so-easy passage into adulthood from childhood, from innocence to experience. What can she know of the way the world admits us less and less the more we grow? This is a rhetorical question. The young girl is full of excitement and desire and living in the present with her immediate appetites and needs to be met. But this question looks ahead to the inevitability of adulthood, responsibility of being judged critically by others in a way adults are and young people aren't. As we become older and expectations change of how we are expected to behave, we are admitted to a less forgiving world where we are responsible for our actions and their consequences. As suddenly as we departed from the description of the girl and her immediate surroundings, we returned to it, this time with the appearance of a friend who she will meet up with. Both girls seem lit as if from within, presents them with an aura, rather like saints from a religious devotional painting burning with the Holy Spirit. And the gold stud earrings is another sign 
that they are stepping across the threshold of childhood, with ear-piercing a rite of passage for young people. The long, grey eye of the street is an effective contrast to the blonde, gold colours that have been used to describe the girls. The street is itself inanimate, but it is anthropomorphised, given human characteristics, as it spies disapprovingly on the girls. This is the beginning of the description of the hostile world that awaits the girls in adulthood. The drab electroplating factory is perhaps the future that waits for the girls. But their youth and optimism are still far too from the flush-faced secretary. She is perhaps a representation of a halfway point between the optimism of youth and pessimistic realism of adult working life. The evening class, or the trip of a lifetime, are her good intentions that help relieve the boredom in her working day, but they are doomed to stay as unrealised intentions. Rather than be agent of her own destiny, she reads the star signs in a newspaper to find out what her life holds for her. There is a very arresting moment when the secretary looks up from her paper and sees the girl's friend, 13 if she's a day, in the driveway. The girl's friend is wearing next to nothing, which state of relative undress matches the bikini worn by the escaping girl. The friend is shielding her eyes to gaze up at a pale calf. Gaze suggests a sense of wonderment and admiration, and the silver anklet recalls the gold earrings, and again contrasts the grey eye of the street. It puts both girls in opposition to the colourless, an ordinary world of adulthood and work. Shimmering oyster in italics is used to describe the girl's painted toenails and continues the theme of the rich, warm colours and iridescence of both girls. Oysters, we know, can contain pearls, something of great material value held in something else quite common in every day. The moment of escape, when the girl jumps from the porch, is kept back right until the end of the poem, building a sense of anticipation and climax. The sunlight once more is introduced, which reflects from the painted toenails like the flash of armaments, a volley of gunfire with flashes from the gun barrels, like the sun reflecting from the toenails. It is an unusual and striking simile, and contrasts with the final action of the girl in the poem dropping gracefully into the shade of the house. After the build-up of tension leading to the jump down from the porch, the girl executes it like an accomplished gymnast and is momentarily hidden from the sun and from us. An easy passage is about the transience of youth how being young can be a time of joy and uninhibited optimism, but its passing is more poignant because of the inevitability that we all grow old. One of W.H. Auden's poems, Lullaby, has the line, The grave proves the child ephemeral, which expresses a similar sentiment. We all grow old 
if we're lucky, and we'll remember how carefree we were when young, and we didn't know how lucky we were. An Easy Passage contains many autobiographical elements from Julia Copus's life. She grew up on a suburban street on the outskirts of Southampton that had an electroplating factory at one end. And in her poetry, she often writes about childhood and about formative experiences in early life that can shape us forever. Girlhood was the title of her fourth collection, published in 2019. And in her poem, The Back Seat of My Mother's Car, from her 1995 collection, The Shuttered Eye, the poem is spoken by a little girl as she looks out of the rear window in a car as her mother leaves her father for the final time. Thank you for listening to the Poetry Podcast. More podcast episodes in the series are available from Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whichever podcast player you use. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.